You're listening to CapChat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States. This is CapChat. Happy Wednesday, I everybody. As a one-man wolf pack. And my wolf pack Appreciate you joining us tonight. Today is, is Wednesday, April 14th. We're in April. It's fun. It's exciting. Tonight's topic is going to be NAIA soccer, NAIA soccer, and why it may be the absolute perfect fit for you. We're going to be joined here momentarily by, by my friend uh, uh, Bruce is over at Evangel, probably down in Evangel uh, University in Springfield, Missouri. Also um, works with the Southwest Missouri Rush uh, soccer program down there. So, um one of the nicest, most genuine people I've, I've I've had the pleasure of meeting. I met some cool people um, throughout here, but uh, so coach is awesome, and uh, so Coach Deaton will be joining us here shortly as we talk in AI, and um, and we're gonna we're gonna get going there. Tyler's on as uh, as a game tonight, so he he's left us high and dry two weeks in a row, and so he's 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 on he's on my crap list right now, but that's okay. Um, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, but. Um, so tonight, like I said, we're talking about NAIA, and one thing, I, I it is also National Goalkeeper Day, so we're going to talk about that, uh, kind of the, the uh, importance of that, um, and kind of how that works here. So, But we're going to, I'm going to bring Bruce on early, we're going to chat, He's uh, and, and we're going to chat through some things, we're going to dive into NAIA, um, and, and kind of go from there. And, uh, Coach, uh, how you doing, my friend? Thanks for joining us. How, how, how's life down there in Springfield, Missouri? Hey, it's going great. Thank you. Glad to be here. Can yeah, you now you're dri- are, you st- are you back on the road? Are you driving from signing some I, kids still? I am. I'm actually heading home from a rush practice. But, nice. Uh, well, we appreciate you taking the time. You had a big day today. He said you signed three kids. Uh, three kids committed today, three players? Uh, they were had already committed, but we did their signings yeah yes sir. very cool very cool so i got a, I, got, I got a question for you one of the, kind of a, a random topic here and it's i think a lot of us are, are having this but we're doing a lot of virtual calls obviously and it, let's say you have a group there's, there's 10 people hop on a virtual call or whatever it is how early do you get to a virtual call you know like in a normal meeting you know i grew up you know if you're not 15 minutes early you're late but now on a virtual call, I got to wait for someone else to let me in and then I'm early. And then it's, it's like, if, if you're in a group of 10 people and you're there with someone like also now it's like me and you, and we don't know each other and we're awkwardly yeah. staring at each other on camera. We've never met before. So uh, how exactly. early do you get to a, to a virtual call? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a great question. My word. I've, I've been in that exact <laughs> same spot where I get there and I go, Hey, how's it going? Um, yeah, I don't know you, but Hey, I'm Coach Bruce. And, and you're going, but eventually somebody else will be on there, and then as soon as you start having a conversation, then somebody else does come on there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's always they're telling you something really like, so that's when my dog died. Oh, hey, man, you're on. Like, wait a second. You need, you finish the story. You're like, 15 people have heard that story. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm invested here, so. <laughs> uh, but, awesome. uh yeah, yeah. I accepted that. I thought it happened to be last week, and I was like, I wonder if anyone else is having this this uh, 
But then, but then the other thing too is now people are getting on later and later. So if you have a virtual call at eight o'clock, it really doesn't start till five after, and then people keep joining in later. Um, you know, so it's. Um, do you do you have professors at Evangel that that will if you're you know if your class starts at eight, it's eight oh one. I mean, do they shut the door and you don't get in? Um, I haven't heard much of that, so you know, but. But you know, you know what that old rule used to be about how much time you waited for a professor. You know, it all depended upon what their uh, degree, uh, what their degree was. <laughs> oh, what do you what do you mean? So if they if they got if they got if they were they, late, you know, back in my day, of course, this was way back in the day. You know that, you know, if a professor was a PhD, then you had to wait for them until they got there. But you know, if it was a grad assistant, you only gave them a few minutes, and if it was you know, they were a master's level, then you might give them 10 minutes, you know. But. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I, you know, I tell it's one of the things that give me, gives me the most anxiety is being late. Like it, it, oh, I, I got it you. drives me insane. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, because especially when you, you're all set, ready to go and you start explaining something and somebody else walks up and it's like, yeah, well you just watch and you can figure it out. I mean, that's how I do it at practice. So it's, you know, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I was, um, my, my son had practice night and I helped coach the team and we were only five minutes early and I couldn't drive fast enough. Like it was just eating me alive. Like I, I it's, I, I, it's, if I'm ever late, oh my gosh, it, it just, and I, and I feel so bad cause I know how it feels like to wait for people. And so I, I, I feel very guilty when I'm late because I, to me, it's a sign of disrespect that, you know, coach, if we have a meeting at five and I show up at five fifteen, I'm disrespecting your time. Um, and like, you know, there's like, you know, tire breaks or something, whatever, whatever happens. But I feel that's a sign of disrespect. So when, if I'm ever late, I just in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, that guy. So now I'm the same way. I mean, I, I believe that, you know, if it's supposed to start at 10, it's going to start. And I want to be there and give you the full attention. You know, yeah. if I'm supposed to be training you. I want to be there the whole time I'm supposed to be there and, and set and ready to go. I mean, it, you're right. It's. But it's a great thing that, you know, players need to learn that because that's the way life is going forward. For sure. So, so if you have a recruit, uh, you know, let's say they're, they're, they want to come meet you on campus, and, and um, how much are you, I hate to say the word judging, but I, know, I mean every aspect of a player goes into the recruitment process. But if you have a meeting with a player at 2 and they show up at 2.15 and don't really, have, no, there's no excuse for it, I mean, does that – is, is, I mean, that's, is that a negative check mark for it, or do you, do you give them a pass? Or, I mean, what, what's, what, how's that go? Well, I, I've, I've told players this, recruits this, is that everything you do says something positive or negative about you, you know, and whether, you know, if you – and that, yeah, that to me would be some of those – one of those ones that's like, hey, if, I get it if you're late because of, you know, there was something that kept you from being late, but, you know um, – don't just not show up and just say, when I get there, I get there. That's, uh, I think everything you do reflects one way or the other. You can't, you make an impression. I used to say that regularly, that you make an impression regardless of what you do. You just want to make sure it's a good impression. Yeah. That's that. that I like that. It, it's same kind of the same lines of, of every action has a, has a reaction. And maybe, you know, Absolutely. it's, it could be, and that's, I, I like that line. I'm, I'm going to steal that. I like that. Um, and, and, you know, and, and I tell kids too, it's like, you know, right now, if in high school, 
if if you if you're late for school, mom and dad kick you awake. Hopefully, in college, mom and dad aren't kicking you awake. You know, yeah. they're they're not saying, "Hey, turn Netflix off or turn TikTok off," because you have practice at eight a.m. Um, you miss practice, coach isn't knocking on your door. Coach starts practice, uh, and you either don't play or don't start, or you know, every 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 coach has their own little uh, consequence system. But um, you know, so I have to imagine recruitment wise you're looking at that player and saying, okay, is this a young lady or young, young man that, that if they're late for this, are, are they going to be, is this going to be a perpetual problem? Um, Cause that's the one thing you don't need is dealing with a kid who's late every day. It's just, I mean, I don't, I, not to sound crass, but you gotta, the, I mean, there's, there's other, there's other kids out there that will be on time and work hard. Well, and, and, it, and it also, it'll start reflecting on if they're, if they don't put enough effort into it to be on time for something, where else are they going to cut a corner on a field? Or are they going to go after every single ball all the way through? Are they going to play mm-hmm. all the way through a game? Or are they just going to kind of shave a little bit? You know, and all those things. Just like you said, reactions to every action, and, and you make an impact or an impression, regardless of what you do. You just want it to be the right one. Yeah. No, that's very. You know, d- discipline is such a is such a key, and and. Um, you know that that's uh, yeah. I went off on a tangent of, of being on time, but I know some people that set their that they set their clocks ahead, but then eventually they figure out like it's not really eight ten. You know, it's <laughs> and then they, they they beat their own system. But <laughs> yeah, but then so. you always had that. You always have somebody that you tell that meeting starts at twelve forty five when it really only starts at one just so that you know they get there on time. Yeah, exactly. You know, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But even that wears on people, you know, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's uh yeah, that's interesting. So it, it it is International Goalkeeper Day. Um and then we're gonna dive dive into NAI. So let's chat goalkeepers for, for a brief moment and, and 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 you've you've been in the game for, for a while and, and how how has the goalkeeper position evolved for you at the collegiate level um, o- over the over the years? I guess specifically it can be women's soccer, but how how has that how has that role changed um, for you? Well, and and you know, it, it, and especially at our level, at the NAI level, but I think at every on the women's side for sure, your your goalkeeper is hugely critical to your team. You know, the, the team is going to going to have success based upon what the level your keeper is I mean and but I but the big thing for me over time is that they are a fifth defender if you play with a four-back system they're they're another defender so their technical capability with their feet has to be as good as what they can do in getting to a ball blocking shots making saves um and they're part of everything they're part of you know i i had this conversation just the other night at practice about the role the attacking roles and i said to me that your goalkeeper is your number one attacker more than any any other player on the field you know because you you start transition with them after they make a save and so they've got to be connected to the team both ways as a defending side and your attacking side and and their their capability with everything now is far more critical these days than what it used to be. Yeah, and, and so you I mean you played 
coach. You played at Marshall University, and, and I don't need to know how long ago. Um, you know, it wasn't yeah. that long ago, but you know, even two years ago. Yeah, just a couple <laughs> years ago, and and um, so how how were, how did you guys so then how was the goalkeeper position utilized then i mean was were they were, were the were they involved in the game as much or i you know i don't really i i don't believe nearly like they are now you know when i when i run a session my goalkeepers are in everything that we're doing mm-hmm. which are working passing sequences and stuff like that and then they may go they'll go off for a little bit with their with a goalkeeper coach and then they'll they'll rejoin as we're working on if we're working on building out of the back, if we're working on, you know, some attacking functions, they're they're getting reps. But they're they're in most of the technical stuff at the early portion, and then we're working on some of their specifics, and then they rejoin as we build up into bigger spaces. So I mean, I think nowadays they are involved at a much higher level than it was um, when I was playing. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I, I grew up as a, as, as a goalkeeper in a time that, um, yeah, our, our feet weren't utilized. And to this day, I don't have a very good left foot at all. And people are like, how do you not have a left foot? I'm like, I was a goalkeeper, man. And and back then, it was, you know, for me, it was, hey, go go punt with the assistant coach. I mean, I didn't have a goalkeeper coach. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, and we just kind of did our thing. And, and, and once in the year, my left foot. And I keep saying, I'm going to get my, I'm, I'm going to work on my left foot and I'm like, ah, screw it. Um, but no, it is, right now it is like the athleticism of goalkeepers. If, 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 you know, I, when I was recruiting and, and probably the same for you, if you, if, if you have a female goalkeeper is athletic and smart kid, you go wherever you want. Like you, you're an athletic goalkeeper who can, who can judge corners and you're smart. You can play almost anywhere in the United States. I, like there's such a need for, for athletic female goalkeepers um if you can use your feet i mean that's such i don't know if that's a hard position for you guys to find but that's one of the number one things coaches reach out to me female coaches or women's coaches hey i need a goalkeeper um i'm gonna get you and everyone else um they're hard to find right now and and you're you're spot on about athleticism because you know you get and and so often you know i you get keepers that are five six five seven that are a little bit shorter you know, five five, and but they're incredibly athletic, and they can compensate for uh, height. You know, because six foot two, six foot three goalkeepers on the women's side aren't out there regularly. You know? so, yeah, they're playing. They're uh, playing basketball. Yeah, exactly. So, but anyhow, but yeah, and 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 that makes a huge difference. Being able to and smart kids. I mean, because you you look at it. They're the ones who have to read everything. They're reading mm-hmm. angles. They understand where to be in a certain spot and how to how to be able to cut down a space because of an, a certain angle, you know. And, yeah. and so that you know the intelligence, an athletic kid and an intelligent kid, usually ends up doing incredibly well in that space for sure. Yeah. For no, for for no, absolutely for sure. And it, it is a. Um, yeah, the athleticism. You know, I expected my keepers to be, and I always say you don't have to be the most fit on the team because I understand, like, we're not running for 90, but you need to be in top 10. You know, you, you, you need to be fit enough. I don't, you know, you, you need to be top 10 of fitness. Um, you know, and then well, I sneak over. That, yeah, yeah, that translates so much. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump on No, you're good, you're good, there, absolutely. But, but it translates so much on the, you know, the demand, the mental demand um, is enhanced by their fitness level. And, mm-hmm. and that's where the fitness ends up playing even a bigger part because 
their demand to be able to stay engaged in the game at critical moments. You know, and all of a sudden they go three minutes and they've not seen a ball, and then all of a sudden a 40-yard shot is going in the upper 90. They've got to be able to handle that. And, and that is where fitness becomes a big factor for them because being fit helps them stay mentally sharp and connected in the game. Sure. Uh, that that's 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 an interesting point. I like that. That's um that's so it's, it is it's so true and it is an incredibly mental position, um, yeah. you know and you know. But I was telling you, you know, I'll tell my goalkeepers, you know, hey, you gotta be in the top ten, and then at the same time, I'm, I'm sneaking over to some one of the field players, hey, don't you dare let this goalkeeper beat you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we all do that. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, like yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, and and you you have a heck of a goalkeeper coach. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at it, and I, I'm going to butcher her last name. Is it Sabo, Coach Sabo, Sabo? Sabo, Sabo, yeah. Yeah, so she's play been, play Missouri State. I mean, that's that's a heck. Yeah, I bet that's I bet that's that's great to have around for you guys. It's a great sure. addition to your staff. So so let's yeah, talk. So we're we're going to talk NAIA here, which is the main reason of, of this. I appreciate it going on the tangent for National Goalkeeper Day, and um, I think it, it really is an underserved. Um, underserved uh, you know i'm also biased but um us goalkeepers don't get the love but so let's let's talk nai and and i'm going to start by seeing you know, what what makes nai you know different um you know and because you you played division one coach division three and and now uh, in, in coaching nai and i'm sure throughout years you, you've you've been in, involved with all different levels and um so what do you like about what draws you to uh nai well, and I think one of the things that, um, and I'm not so sure it's as much just NAIA because of when you look across the board, you know, the NCAA Division One, you know, there's a that's a definite different level athlete, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it and it ends up being the athlete that can carry deep deep into a game is a little bit stronger those those type of things. I think NAIA kind of when you start looking at Comparatives across the board, and this is what the way I talk to people about it from the club side, from you know even from the recruiting side, is that I think that NAI reflects a lot like the Division Two level. Um, you know, it's kind of matches the NCAA Division Two. Uh, NAI just gives you. I think one of the things I like about it, even more so than my time when I was in NCAA, was is there, there really is a focus on allowing coaches to create more of a opportunity to, to have deeper connections with players. You know, we don't have the same restrictions of, um, somebody even said it to me today, they're like, oh, we can't talk to her, she's a sophomore. It's like, well, yeah, I can. Um, you know, we, we have a little bit of opportunity to where, when they get into high school, I can have conversations with them at any point in time. And so the NAI believes in being able to try to help connect that, create a little bit more connection. Um, we haven't had any of the, you know, the um, restrictions on recruiting that a lot of the NCAA coaches have had to deal with through all the COVID stuff. Um, and, and so there's, it's really based on that connection from player to coach and I like that aspect of it a lot um, you know I go to signings because I think it's a opportunity to celebrate with a player because it's never about me it's always about them 
and it really is a celebration time for them. And and while it means I spend time, you know, today I spent two and a half hours driving um, to go to three different signings, but when I was an NCAA coach, I couldn't go to a signing. And I just kind of like some of those things that allow us to interact with players a little bit more. I, I like that because, and in, in, in I know you, um, you know, on, on a personal level, but, uh, you know, one of the things that, that when, I, when I first worked with you up in, I think, St. Louis is you, you can tell how you connect. And I think, I think there are some people, I, I hate, I, I don't like this term too much, but, you know, I'm a player's coach or you're a coach's coach, but you can definitely tell you connect with your players um, and just chat with you, you hear the passion you have for it. So that that's, um, that, yeah, you definitely do connect. Now, I don't want to, a big commercial for, for you in the evangel program, but no, you do. And I think that's one of the, um, probably why you've been in the game for so long because people, people really do see the passion. That's something you can't fake. You know, you can probably fake your way through knowing the game of soccer, but you can't fake your love for people and you do a really good job at that. So, um, that, yeah, so it's always been, been cool to see. And, um, you know, one of the well, things I'm actually you know, reading here is like your team with the ethics and sportsmanship. And so, um, you won those awards. So it's, it's neat, man. You can, you're, you're, yeah, you're killing it, man. Well, you know, and to me, I've said this all along, and I and I said it from day one when I was interviewed to take the the head coaching position and director of operations when I first got hired at Evangel. Now I'm associate athletic director and still the you know the women's coach and associate AD now. But the um, the thing that I said all along is that I think our focus has to be for me it, it's on the people side first. You know, I can help players um, become better at the game, but I also want them, and I tell parents this regularly when I'm visiting with them, is that my job is to, to do nothing more than to help their daughter be ready to leave Evangel and be ready for what's next in their life. You know, because technically when it really boils down to it, as any coach, but college coaches, um, we're just a part of their life for a phase of their life and and you know and so I want them I want to do everything I can to help them be ready for what's next and you know and I've I said it to the president of the university when I interviewed at Evangel was that in order to build a program from scratch that ultimately becomes successful you had to build it by bringing in quality people and then playing quality soccer and it, it had to really start on the people side first. And that's and I think that's probably going back to what you asked about the NAI, I think that's really what draws me more to it. And and even even in our instance being a faith based institution, I think that's what also draws me towards that is that it allows me to help them in much more than just the game, you know, yeah. and help them for what's because the game eventually does end for all of us and um, at some, and as a player, you can always be involved in it. And as, you know, me being 50 plus years involved in it. So, you know, and um, it's, but, you know, I want them to be, I want them to be ready for what they're, what they're doing next. And I love it when they come back and say, you know, we talk about getting big girl jobs or things like that, mm-hmm. you know, when they're ready to graduate or they get into the grad school, they're trying to, and those things are, are, hugely critical to me as well so you know one of the things i like and, and you, you i'm sure you've experienced is getting invited to pat getting invited to past players weddings yeah 
you know, and, and I don't, I mean, I can't make it, but I'm like, that's neat. Cause you've seen this kid and they grow up and then they, they, they think of you in, you know, five, six years later by the wedding. I'm like, that, that's, that's, that's always special to me. Um, I have you know, a few of those that I have to deal with this year. That I'll make. <laughs> but I love it. I love, yeah. I love the opportunity when I can to be there. And, and I, and I try to get to as many of them as I possibly can. And um, yeah, so that's, you're, you're absolutely spot on about that. That's, it's something that I and I get, you know, when they come to me and they say, "Hey, would you write uh, a letter of reference for me for mm-hmm. this job?" and I, I consider that an honor to be asked by a player to be a reference for them for what's next. So, you know. Yeah, totally. And that and and so maybe and, and this may be off off base, and so I don't know. I'm just kind of speculating here. Is in NAI is obviously winning is part of every coach's job. Um, the, 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 do you think NAI gives values the relationship more and the players experience more? So, and, and you maybe have a little more leeway. If you have a couple bad seasons, you're not looking over your shoulder like I'm going to lose my job. Um, but you know, you could probably have a couple losing seasons, but as long as your players are are, are making positive impacts on, on the, the the community and the campus and making good grades and graduating there seems to be a little more leeway with NAI. Do you think that's accurate or am I off base there? No, I, I think you're, and I think obviously that's probably changes sometimes by institution. It may be institutional, but I, I think you're right on. I mean, you know, fortunately for me, that didn't happen early on because I had a couple of those mm-hmm. <laughs> starting a program from scratch in the heart of America conference. Uh, you know, it's not a, not a way to pad your, uh, your coach's records, you know, um, is we, we tossed a goose egg my first, first year in after, you know, I had about three months to put a team together and played in the, the heart conference. Uh, and, and we proceeded to get beat in every game that first year, but you know, it took time and it was a, one of those ones, but we've, we've stayed, stayed the course with the process and with the focus on the person side of it first. And, and I think we've built, been able to, to build through the ladies a, a pretty good program. And I, I always tell people that they do it in spite of the old man that's coaching them. So. <laughs> well, and you said your best year ever last year. Um, yeah. yeah in, in, in the program's position, which, which is cool. Um, yeah. And, and, and I talk, when I talk to you now, I coach, you, 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 they tend to be at the schools more, um, yeah. you, you, you know, and, and they're there and they're enjoying it. And, and, it's just a good environment, and you know. So again, not not that other schools are, are not having those environments, but um, that that kind of seems to me uh, not coaching NI, but it seems to be one of the things that I noticed the most about NI coaches is that they're able. And you said earlier on that you're able to really ha- have those connections with players, and um, you know, are are most NI schools like if you think about the type of school they are, are are they typically a smaller smaller school that that aids in that that intimate that intimate connection you can have um you know you, there's not you know I, I don't really know of many nai schools that have you know thirty thousand kids on campus right. they're mostly smaller intimate settings it, it, is that kind of hold true for like because i know you obviously you're on the road playing other nai schools is that kind of hold true for you guys that you're seeing yeah i think that's i think that's pretty accurate i mean you've got some some variance and it might get up to four or five thousand you know i think that would be a bigger you know, and I'm trying to yeah. think through some of them that may be a little bit bigger than that. But I think, I think back to the po- folks that I see regularly. Um, you know, I know most of our 
conference conference schools are probably similar size to us, you know, anywhere from 1,500 to 2,500 students. And, and it really, you know, it's just communities on campus. And, and you know, and I think the other thing that's kind of neat about the NEI, because, you know, I, I know that Tyler had a game tonight. We, we kind of texted a little bit today, too. But, you know, while we, we compete against each other for the conference, you know, it, it's we actually all get along really well. And, I, I mean, I, these guys are my friends. Um, I love seeing them out when we're recruiting. We, you know, we may pick on each other while we're recruiting. and um, But we usually sit down next to each other and just chat away. And, and so we get along. But, you know, we all want to compete. But it's, it's just, a, I think, you know, our focus is on the experience for those players. We want to we wanna be successful for them. Um, but it really is about the experience. And for, for me, it's about helping, like I said, it's about helping them be ready for what's next and, and making the most of the experience with them and for them. So, and, 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 you know, the other thing that comes along with, I think, probably being on smaller campuses, and you mentioned Tyler, you know, and, and you know, I know he also coaches or teaches a communication class. You're, you're, yeah. you're, the uh, um, assistant director, you know, of, of I think that was what it was. I'm sorry, your associate director of athletics, and yeah. um, you know, so you, you so you typically find coaches are doing. I had to say multiple things, but it also gives you an opportunity. You're involved with with students even more, you know. So now oh, you're, yeah. and, and not that again, not that you know, but I think the more you're involved with campus, the more you're involved with the student's life, and the more you're able to to help them in that. And I think that aids in that. Um, in, in that again that 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 connection with players um are, do do a lot of coaches you bump into like maybe we kind of talk to your conference or are, are they are they coaching a class as well is is that a normal thing or i i know a handful of them do i don't, I don't think every place does um but but it you know the thing like you just said though is that, you know i can go in the gym during volleyball practice and i know all the volleyball players i yeah. can go in the gym during either women's or men's basketball and I know those players and you know they know me and and I like that because I want them to be comfortable enough to say hey coach can you help me with this or hey coach Mary is not here yet can you unlock you know I can get the master key and get them into the storage closet or whatever you know it's just it's it's one of those things where there's a comfort level with and I like that because I want to encourage them and they come out and support us and all those things so it really does there is that uh you know connection i think across athletics more so i think that's you know i think that really adds to it so kind of last thing is scholarship wise in the ia how does that because you i mean obviously you know you division one division two have um, a set number of scholarships they're able that they're able to offer. Division three is only academics. How do how do scholarships work for for NAIA? Well, the, there are um, scholarship levels at every with all the programs. You know, um, there are some there are some ways that high end academics that allow for exemptions and things of that nature. Um, but you do work similar to you know probably not at the you know, the dollar volume and the scholarship counts as NCAA Division One, but probably, again, pretty similar to Division Two. Um, you know, and, and, there are, and I think that changes 
by institution in terms of how to, is it a set dollar amount? Is it a discount rate that you have to, you know, are there target rates that you're trying to get across the board? Um, you know, and then some of the sports are, you know, obviously soccer, I think in no matter what the level, it's not a, a full, it's not your typical full scholarship, you know, um, but the beauty of it, you also have, um, places where you can stack academic money and athletic money together so that a person's overall scholarship is, uh, you know, an institutional level scholarship is larger. And, you know, I want, my big focus is making sure that my players are graduating. Um, and, you know, we've been, we've been blessed throughout. I mean, we've, we carry a team GPA, you know, typically between three, four and three, five every semester. And, you know, we win national awards from the NAI and from United soccer coaches every year for team academics. And, you know, um, because we, we stay focused there, but I also have believed very wholeheartedly that smart, smart athletes, smart students in the classroom translate to pretty good soccer players on the field because the game is a, is a thinking game. You have to solve problems on the field. And if you can do it in the classroom, you can typically do it on the field. That That's good. Yeah. And you're right. And, and if they're making good grades, I think it all goes back to, you know, back to the, the timing topic and being on time oh, and being yeah. and being disciplined and you're making good grades. And if you're disciplined and every, everything, you know, and I'm sure players have heard that we're disciplined forever, but they're disciplined in the classroom, they're disciplined to show up at one o'clock, they're disciplined to, to finish that sprint out, they're disciplined to make that, make the pass, everything adds up. And you're right. I mean, kids who just, it's, I mean, kids who make good grades, better grades, do better in life and, and will probably succeed on and off the field. And, um, and it's just instilling that in them, you know, but, um, how, how important are grades if you're looking for someone? I mean, I'm assuming, I mean, is that one of the first things you ask when you're recruiting, you know, what's your GPA? Uh, I, I mean, how, well, how important is that during the yep. recruitment process? Well, and part of it for us, like in a lot of places, and I don't know, you know, across the board, but for us, part of there, when I look at what kind of, you know, institutional monies they might get in addition to what I could put out there. Um, for us, it's GPA and ACT is, is what we look at. And so the better that they're doing it both. Um, but again, you, you know, that's, that'll tell me what their academic monies are going to look like. And so as I put together offers, because that's how I work it is that I, I work it towards, Hey, what's the, the best that I can do for your family you know, and it's going to be a combination of athletics and academics together because the reality is there's more money. There's always more money on the academic side at, I think, any level. Um, and NAI is not any, you know, is not unique in that. I think across the board, you know, there are more academic scholarships out there than there are athletic monies. Um, so it does help. Um, and, but again, I think it just translates into so many things that what what really represents a good student athlete is yeah. that they're a good student first and you know they take care of business there you, you can typically feel like they're going to take care of business on the field as well and i'm glad you brought up the money the, the you know the the scholarship for for um grades because i mean ultimately that's where you're gonna make your money is you know i i, I still think there's the uh, misconception at, at all levels that i'm a good soccer yeah. player 
Uh, and maybe I'm the best on my club team. I'm the, I'm the best in St. Louis, which, you know, a lot of them are. And then, and, and like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to get a full ride. Like it, it's, you still got to make grades. That's what like, I'm glad you said it. Cause that's where you're going to make all, most of your money. I mean, you know, even when I was in division two, I mean, you're going to get more money a- a- academically than you will athletically. And, and uh, the academic money is just kind of, I mean, the athletic money is just a perk. Um, if you don't make grades, I mean, it, it's, it's a struggle for you. Well, and you know, and you're going to get into a point where you've got to be at a certain level. And while the GPA requirement is not huge across the board, I mean, you have to, you know, with the NAI for initial eligibility, you have to have, you know, at least a 2.0 or an 18 or higher ACT and or you're at the top half of your class. And you have to make two or three of those in order to be initially eligible. And, you know, and so many schools don't so many schools don't rank students as as they used to. So. You know, you got to have the grades, or you got to have the ACT score in order to make initial eligibility. But as you progress through, because you know every year you've got to reach a certain number of credit hours in order to stay eligible for the next year, and you also eventually have to get to a point where you have a certain GPA level in order to to be eligible as you go into your later years, into your junior and senior year. Yeah. Well, that's so good. I mean, it's usually critical. Yeah, it's and it's a common theme that everyone. I mean, every coach has said like you got to make grades, and and I know, and I hope enough. It's one of those things you keep repeating and repeating and repeating, and, and um, you know, it's like working with little kids of using it inside your foot. If we keep doing it enough, keep saying it enough, and maybe it impacts enough people to say, okay, I, I'm going to get higher grades, and um, so hopefully that kind of impacts the, you know <laughs> the the way they do. So. Um, so one uh, kind of final thing here, um, I, you know, I appreciate you taking the time. It, it's uh, uh, Evangel University coach. Deaton. Am I saying Deaton right? Yep, you got it right. Uh, okay, cool. So I, I, I yeah, I, I thought I did. It's not that hard of a last name. I was like, man, you, you're a nice enough guy. Like, I'm, I wonder if you'd correct me. You may just kind of roll <laughs> with it and and then tell your wife, man, he called me the wrong name for forty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> So nah, I would have corrected you, but no, you're, you're spot on. You're all right. Okay. Okay. So coach, uh, coach Deaton with uh, Evangel university, we've been talking about NAIA and, um, a variety of different topics and along with national goalkeeper day. So, uh, international goalkeeper day. So I, I want to ask kind of, we're in on this and, and do you, so you've seen it all, you know, what happened with COVID and we know what's going on there. Are you thinking this fall, you guys are going to go back to normal? I, I believe so, as close to normal as you can be. Our travel may be a little different, but I can tell you, um, a nine-month soccer season was so, so challenging, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm hopeful that it looks pretty normal. I'm hopeful for that, for sure. Awesome. That, I'm glad. That makes me happy to hear you. It has it a, been a challenging 18 months, I think, for, for everyone, coaches involved, and um so uh, you, you heard it here, but everyone's saying the same thing. We're going back to normal. The, 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 the sun is coming out, and um, it's getting better and better. So, um, well, but anyway, you know, we, co- had that, we had that season that started practice in August. Regular season got done at the end of November, and then our postseason, we, quali- we made it into the postseason, and it was in April. So, you know, so that was just kind of an interesting uh, dynamic. But yeah, hopefully think- that season – I think and I think everyone's ready for normal. Everyone's pushing for, for normalcy of some kind. So, but uh, 
Coach, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time, and, and I, I so much appreciate. It. I know you're driving. You got you got you got things happening, and um, so and congratulations on another good, good season there. And, and love love what you do. I'm glad glad to know you. I feel I'm a better person knowing that people like you are in this world, and, and um, so I, I I appreciate your 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 friendship and, and taking the time to join. And always enjoyable when I get to see you, and, and hopefully I will I will see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to, to share some time with you this evening. Oh, perfect, man. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Josh. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to Cap Chat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States. Be sure to check back every two weeks for new episodes of Cap Chat exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network. My name is Josh Tyler, and this is Cap Chat.